You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. Okay, so uh, this is we're we're starting the podcast off on a new sort of vibe. We have our first guest of the pod, Steve Hayton's with us. Uh, Steve is a content creator and business owner living in Denver, and he hosts the Choose Love podcast. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's super exciting. Yeah, super exciting. Our first ever guest, our inaugural. Um, Steve, I wanted to ask you, I think that this question was written before we knew you were going to be on the the pod, but it's so much more fun to have two people of different genders on the pod to answer this. I, I feel like asking people out is one of the hardest parts of dating or like maybe the worst part of dating or the least desirable part. Steve, when you were single, did you feel like you were good at dating or at asking people out? Was this something you really feared or what were your kind of feelings on that? You've teed me up for a hilarious response. So I am, I, I'm a short guy. I'm five, six, pushing five, seven, if I feel like it. Uh, and in my friendship circle back in the UK, I was the shortest one. I was the one you just didn't notice. All my friends were much better looking than me. And so when it came to like, when it came to asking people out, uh, no, no, not, not my not, friend, not, not, my a, friend. not a fan of it. What what I what I began to realize was that I'm much better behind a computer screen. So online dating that was my medium because I could actually like craft a message before they could see how short I was. That was the best way of doing it, and that that's how I met my wife. Oh, really? That's amazing. What uh, what do you mind disclosing? What type of uh, application and or website you guys used? It was uh, it was OkCupid, and I didn't realize at the time that OkCupid was a heavily American. Website, oh yeah, which is how I ended up meeting an American woman. So oh, that's so funny. Now I'm a U.S. citizen living in America because of OK Cupid. Oh wait, my wait, gosh! Wait. Did you did you meet her while you were in England and she was here? No, no, no. She she was uh, she was in London. So we're both in London. She uh, she finished her degree and then started a job in London. Uh, and then yeah, we we both met on OK Cupid, and yeah, we lived there for say five years, and then we moved to LA for four years. And uh, yeah, I've I've literally been living in Denver for a week. Oh no! So way. Uh, I've gone from seventy feet elevation to seven thousand four hundred feet elevation. So if during the course of this podcast I seem out of breath, it's because I am out of breath because I can't <laughs> handle this altitude. And so you kind of you made it out of the dating world without having to like face to face cold call that much. Like really, just like the advent of online dating must have been like a real ray of sunshine for you. Two things to say to that. The first one is that I feel incredibly lucky that I managed to get through the dating experience before Tinder came on the scene. wasn't wasn't even a thing when I was oh, doing it. Oh so wow! Okay, glad, glad to have been out before that. But but also, you know, my my peak trick when it came to to meeting women in person was a, a magic trick. I used to pull out a magic trick with a coin that I would make disappear, and that would be my attempt at trying to start off a conversation. Oh. 
You're imagining. No, 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 I'm not. Gosh, no, 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 you... I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> one trick. This is amazing. One trick. I learned one trick, what? and and that was it. And uh, were you good at it? The trouble was that I was great at it. It was amazing. Was the trick called the panty dropper by any chance? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it was. It was basically putting the coin. It was, like, it, was, it was making the coin disappear, and I was basically sliding it onto like the back of my hand and making it kind of disappear. And uh, the trick was great, but the trouble was that there was no follow-up. I, I didn't know what to do after that, so it was like, done the trick. You still have to ask them out. <laughs> yeah, you got to close That's the deal. It, done the trick. Wow, that was amazing. Now what? <laughs> And then they like slowly back away and you're like, okay, great. It was really nice of yep, you. Yep. So that was it. I thought, no, nope, I'm done. I'm going online. That's fantastic. Okay. So Eleanor, in terms of your dating life, how did you feel about getting asked out? How do you feel about asking someone out? What, were there rules around it? Any places or, or times that were off limits? I'm so curious about this from your perspective. I think it is unfair that men have to take this on because it's awful. To take the swing and actually say, do you want to go out is so vulnerable and uncomfortable. And there is no graceful recovery if you get turned down. There's like nothing that's like off limits in my head. Because the thing is, is if you're attracted to somebody and they ask you out, you don't care if it's on the subway or at a bar or online. But if you're not attracted to that person and you don't want them to ask you out, you don't want them to ask you out on the subway, at a bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. or at work. Like you, it, right. it is just that cool like- per- It's always right time for a cool person to ask It's you always out. right if you want to be asked out by that person. And it's always uncomfortable if you are getting asked out by somebody who you're gonna have to say no to. Steve, did you have you ever been asked out by a woman? I, you know, I don't know. I, I, that probably means there's, no. There's gotta be one in there. I guess it wasn't memorable there, even if there you must had. Be, there must be one somewhere. I don't know. I, I feel like- a big, big part of this was actually just learning to accept the rejection. That it wasn't, uh, you yeah, know, it wasn't a reflection on me as a person. You know, it's you get into the point where it's like I'm, I'm being rejected for being short. Do I need to put on a pair of high heels or something? I've got to try and make myself taller some way. And you just, you just get to a point where it's like, yeah, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Yeah, it's almost like practice makes perfect. I'm, I'm kind of hoping there's someone out there listening, shouting at the computer now, going, "I asked you out. I asked you out. How can you not remember?" Me? <laughs> Honestly, I can't. Steve, I can't remember you? the life of me. Well, did you have a stand, like a standard way of asking a woman out, Andy? <clears throat> sure. I mean, for one, I can't really remember many times. Maybe I remember one time where a woman like came up to me and asked me out. That maybe one time out of the like four, going out four nights a week for fifteen years. Um, did you go out with her? Yeah, I did. I went out with her once, and it was, I just wasn't that interested in her. But I think the the way that women would ask me out, though, if I think about it, is like at the end of the night. They'd like be like, okay, now like, do you want my number? Like mm. that was that was actually that happened a fair amount. So like my my way of asking people out was that you kind of completely dull the blunt force of having to ask them out. You just chat them up, you make a connection, you make them laugh a couple times, and then you get a pretty solid vibe. Like if I ask this person out, they're gonna want to go out with me. I also watched my friends be awkward and weird, <laughs> and I realized that a lot of guys walk up to a woman and say like oh, I'd like to take you out. Can I have your number? And all that tells him is like, from across the room, you appeared to be hot enough for me to have sex with you. And what a woman really wants is to make a connection and feel like they're on the same wavelength and have something in common before like actually being excited to go out on a date with someone. So uh, watching my friends strike out in that way and being like, oh, that was so awkward and they don't even know it. I refined my uh, my strategies by doing Interesting. That. So, so you were the guy watching the guy doing the magic trick in the bar, watching him fail 
And then when he woke yeah. up, he kind of went in. Went, yeah. Look at that idiot. <laughs> yeah, the great Steve. Well, he's already done it his It sounds trick. like, Steve, you were more like playing a wingman because you weren't failing. You just weren't You weren't going in for the hard ask. You were like doing the magic trick and he was seeing it and being like, they're primed and would run in and be like, hey, you want to hang out? Steve, you weren't super comfortable asking women out. How did you feel asking your wife to marry you? Oh, she told me we're getting married. And I said, yes. I mean, that, that was it. Very, very. So she simple. asked you basically. She's like, yeah. So you didn't even have to do the heavy lifting on that she one. She told you. No, no. To be fair, you know, for me, marriage, you know, the actual notion of having a big ceremony and and marriage itself as a concept to me seems a little bit dated. Dare I say, I didn't need all all of that in order to be committed. For me, you know, buying a house together was a much bigger commitment than than getting married. I, I didn't really mind. You know, I knew that it was big for her. She really wanted to get married and have a nice wedding. So for me, that was enough. Let's do it. If, if that's, you know, it's important to you, it's important to me. So, you know, when it came to um, to, to popping the question, uh, we were visiting her parents in upstate New York. I sent her out to, I don't know, she went and bought some stuff. I don't know. And while she was doing that, I kind of, I moved the, the TV out onto the deck, uh, laid some rose petals down to the, down to the yard by the driveway where she would enter from. And because I'm a content creator, I, I shot a video of myself miming Lionel Richie, my destiny. So it's, it's basically just, it's oh, just, wow. it's just a, a load of different shots of me in random places, just, just miming the words. So there's one where I'm like on a treadmill. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a part of the song where it says uh, laughter after rain. And so I had my colleagues at work drop a bucket of water on me. So I'm standing there laughing and then this massive bucket of water hits me. <laughs> and so it was just kind of that, you know, humorous. You shot like a music yeah, video. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was a music video. Absolutely it was a music did. video. So I kind of did that. Oh, that's cool. And, and that was it. You know, it was a great video. That's all I needed to do. And um, Love it. Yeah. And what did what was the reaction? Was she like was going away? Did she know what was happening when it was happening? Or was she like, this is some like experimental art piece that Steve just I, I, committed I she to knew fully in the front yard of my parents' house? The rose petals probably tipped her yeah, off. Yeah. And like, I kind of. Why are you having? me watch this in the driveway <laughs> and i kind of ruined it because i i put on a suit and i tried to like sneak behind her as she was watching it yeah but i had to get over the railing of the deck in order to sneak behind her and <laughs> you know once again my short stature uh, impacted yeah. me and i made a noise and she saw this guy in a suit trying to but so yeah so, oh boy. so magic speed. she knew it was happening she was she was really that's happy. great that's awesome All right. User boxbanana124 writes, I'm 28 and my fiance is 30. We both make $120,000 a year and we're getting married in two months. Four years. We've talked about taking an extended honeymoon that includes four months to travel since we're both in competitive jobs and taking time off regularly just isn't possible. To make this dream a reality... A year and a half ago, we agreed to start saving aggressively, pay down debts, have a no-frills wedding, etc. My job only allowed me to take two weeks off, one end paid for a honeymoon. So I said, okay, I'm going to be quitting instead. 
Traveling for an extended time is a dream of mine, and we've been setting ourselves up financially where we can afford for one or both of us to not have immediate work upon return. My fiance's job told him he could take an unpaid sabbatical and can return afterwards. So great. Everything's in motion. Two weeks ago, I suggested we start booking the first leg of our trip. He told me he was having cold feet about me not having a job after returning home. We keep our finances separate, so I showed him how it's financially feasible for me to not work for up to four months, not dipping into any emergency funds, and if needed, I have emergency funds for an additional five months after trip expenses. After all, this is what we set ourselves up to do. Plus, I've been looking for a reason to leave my job, and this is the perfect opportunity to have an amazing adventure and come back with a fresh start away from a toxic workplace. I asked him how he's doing financially and how he's tracking against our financial goals. Turns out he's not at all. He hasn't been saving at any rate, let alone an accelerated one, and he hasn't been paying down debt. He's been spending a lot of money on drinks, toys, and general convenience items, Postmates and Uber Eats. Because of his overspending, he can't afford to take a destination honeymoon, let alone four months off of work with no pay. All this is fine. We keep our finances separate. This doesn't really impact me, I was bummed we couldn't have the honeymoon we talked about and angry that he lied, but money management has never been his priority. I told him we can take a four-day trip to Puerto Rico. He said that's all he can afford. And then I would go on my long travel plans with my best friend who has been planning a trip of her own. He got very upset, telling me I should wait to take our designated honeymoon trip together and that I shouldn't quote-unquote replace him. As of now, I'm still going. He's unhappy and says it's embarrassing for him for his new wife to go travel without him, which I understand, but also don't think his ego takes precedence over my dream to travel. So am I the asshole? Steve, what are your initial thoughts? I love that she's just going to go without him and he feels like he's being replaced. I just find that so hilarious. I mean, it's terrible, but... (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right... It's a, it, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So I guess what would you, how would you feel if your wife, let's just say without the context of this honeymoon, if she was like, Hey, I want to go travel for four months with my best friend. Would that ever, would that like spark in you any hesitation or sense of like, why aren't we doing this together? Uh, no, depending on where she was going. As long as I felt like she was going somewhere safe, I wouldn't particularly, um, I wouldn't particularly care. Uh, I, I, well, I say that in such a blase fashion. It's not like I want her to go, but you know, yeah. <laughs> being for me, being married is is great to be, you know, a, a unit as as two people acting as one. But you're still both very much individuals. You know, it's like uh, I wasn't half a person looking for that other half to make me whole. I was always a whole person in and of myself. So you know, the the user in this question to want to go travel with her best friend, absolutely, why not? And then it's kind of like, you know, the guy, you know, he kind of knew this was coming and perhaps didn't take it seriously enough to really kind of plan for it. You know, they're both earning a yeah. nice sum of money. So I don't really see that he's got an excuse on his side to have not been, to have not been saving up. He's not saying, I I obviously make less more less money than you and thus... You have to consider that it's not going to be easy for me to compensate for like five months of vacationing and coming back to workplace. I, I'm kind of wondering what 
both of you guys think are the biggest red flags? Because it seems like there are a number of them. I don't know, Andy, what is like the biggest one for you? So, so uh, the first one I know I noticed is like, I think the the male in this situation basically passive aggressively just didn't want to do what she wanted to do. And instead of saying like, hey, traveling isn't my dream, I want financial responsibility or I have other goals to do with my money or I don't want to change my standard of living. He just was like, yeah, let's do your dream. And then just totally just bailed on it quietly for months while she was like going about her plan. I mean, I will say this. We, I don't know what your situation is, Steve, but we keep our finances relatively separate. We just also bought a house together. So to your point, we have shifted that transparency dramatically in the last couple months because in preparing for such a big financial commitment, like this is incredibly important that we're on the same page. But for the majority of our relationship to date, like we have had separate bank accounts. When each other needs visibility, we give it. But like we also have different spending habits and so I actually completely understand that part of it. Like he wants conveniences and he wants he wants to be able to live the, his life his own way as is she. I, what I am really alarmed by is the idea that you would make a promise to each other to uh, like a financial commitment to each other and then just not follow through on that. What are your thoughts, Steve? Like, do you feel, do you guys have a financial relationship where you're super transparent or is there some leniency for either of you to make independent financial decisions? We share an account. We we don't have separate bank accounts. So everything that we have goes through one one location. And and before doing that, I would have perhaps freaked out a bit at the that level of commitment. But you know, spending kind of five years in that position, it's great for a number of reasons. One, there are no surprises. I can't I can't get her a surprise gift because you'll see it, it's come out of the bank account. It forces you to be creative. It right. forces you to be <laughs> yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so for me that that probably wouldn't even occur you know i'm definitely i would say the the money person of the relationship i'm the one watching where all the money's going and i'm british so that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> wait that's a cliche that lives true oh oh, oh absolutely absolutely we we hate okay. spending money love it. maybe i'm british. uh we, we just love holding on to it so yeah so i totally forgot where i was going with that now i'm just thinking about not spending money it just just really excites me <laughs> You're like Andy. Me too. I was seriously just well, like, honestly, how do I guard my money? You guys are like, I was like, he, he might be British because yeah. he thinks about how he's how he's not spending his money every morning. He wakes up and he looks at his accounts. He's like, I haven't spent any money today I would and say, I'm not going to. I would say it's a dude thing, but obviously this guy in this situation is just uber eating. I think it's a personality thing. Yeah, I spend like crazy. If you give me the leash, I'm going to freaking stretch it as far as I can. The, the difference is that ability to be mature enough to say, I would never put Andy out. That, like I just, I, I would never do that because I truly probably violated some of those boundaries in my past relationships. And I'm like, that's a huge one. Like money will become a problem in a marriage if you give it strength to be that. I think that this is traveling for a long period of time is their dream and they're willing to do the work and and take the risk, right? But I think that they should probably do that and find a way to do that and not like kind of like shoehorn it into a marriage. Your honeymoon is like a a, a trip you take after your marriage to decompress and it can mean a lot of different things to people but like her bucket list goal is to do this trip she should figure out a way to do that and set up her life so that she can and not like tie it to somebody else like i think that's dangerous when you have to like say like someone else has to do this with me or i can't do it 
my 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 reaction to that one of the things that i learned quite early on in being after being married is that i can't be tight with money because if i keep being tight with money i'm not going to have a wife for much longer so i realized that i'm going to have to spend money so so now when i spend money i do it i really do it like i just push the bow out let's go to hawaii let's so I, I feel like for me, the distinction is really learning when is the time to actually spend the money? When is it time to splurge and go for it? And, and to the guy, you know, in this, in this example, this is strike one. This is a big strike. He's not going to get many more this opportunities like this. Strike. He's going to have to spend money at some point. So put down the Uber Eats and start saving up for some sort of makeup trip. I, I think this could end their relationship, to be honest. I mean, I, I think she hasn't made, she hasn't like TLDR'd it that way. Like she hasn't said, I'm not going to get married to this guy because of this, or should I get married? He, she's just asking like, am I the asshole for going on this trip? I think we're unpacking. It's like the trip is the least of the problem here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like your financial relationship with each other is like really central to your marriage and you guys don't have a handle on that. What I think he committed is he committed to something he didn't want to freaking do. And he, he didn't do it. And didn't have to pay, like, admit to not doing it for a long time. Let's answer the first, like, quandary. Should she go on this trip with her friend? Yes. 100%. 100%. I All three vote I yes. I think that she should do it before she gets married, though. That's my caveat. Uh, I think she should have a lot of fun with it and make sure that he sees it. I'd <laughs> be sending selfies of the honeymoon suite with my best friend. Been like, look at this. Oh, yeah. Look at this lovely dinner we're going out yeah. for. And- An Instagram post every day. Boost it with some cash. Make sure the world knows. Look like Hashtag wish you were here. I don't want to say don't get married to this guy. I think we all have problems in our relationship that like surface throughout doing life together. What I do think is, is like his attitude towards transparency, his attitude towards her decision making independent of him and this like emotional manipulation or like gaslighting or whatever is happening around like my wife shouldn't go on this trip without me like it those things are like those are simmering beneath yeah. the surface of the real issue like this like core issue of like he didn't save he wants his cake and and to eat it too as they say like he wants to like not save or do any of the work to go on this trip and then is like oh if the trip if, if i can't go then the trip can't happen it's like well you had options here and you didn't take any of them Um, okay, let's let's hear what the redditors have to say. So, user walk on the left writes, not the asshole. And what do you think your marriage is going to be like? I know. Your fiance just showed you who he is. Believe him. This will be the roadmap for your entire marriage. So is this a red flag enough for this person to really reconsider the marriage? Yeah, 100%. I feel like the last comment you just read out is very, it's very grim. It's very bleak. It's like there is no hope. It and is. I feel like that's, you know, marriage is about learning and growth, right? There's going to be areas where you're going to, learn and, and grow and to me it's not about the money it's it's about the fact that he just doesn't want to do it i think that's what it is and so for me that that is there's an opportunity there for a conversation to perhaps have a bit of honesty in the relationship i i, I wouldn't be so grim i mean I'm, I'm a i'm a shiny happy positive person anyway but i wouldn't be sending a message suggesting that 
That's it. It's all <laughs> going to go wrong. You know, we're on the Titanic. Cut There's your no losses hope. now. To take a, a little bit of a contrary, I totally agree with what Steve is saying. But what I do want, what I do think is important for this person to realize, the original poster is you should tell your fiance how important this trip is to you, how important travel is to you, how you've worked hard to get your ducks in a row so you can make this trip work and put yourself in a good position and how like much of a sacrifice that was. And if he can't check his ego or his, and put his needs second in that situation, then you should know that your marriage is going to have a lot of that until he makes grow, until he grows and changes. And as what do we all know that people don't always grow and change just because you want them to, they grow and change because they want to. How do you suggest she approach those conversations, right? Because the conversation needs to be had. I don't disagree yeah. with you, Andy. Like where I, I, I like to say the road to breakup or divorce or whatever fracture is permanent should be a really long one. Like you shouldn't just like cut bait when things get hard. So how how do you suggest you approach that conversation so that she gets the best possible output from this partner? So my what I would do is if I were her is that I would offer to pay for him to come along as well. Wow. Nice. To totally eradicate the um, concern over money. And that will get to the nub of whether or not he actually really wants to go along or not. I love Even that. if she can't afford it for him to go along, I would offer it and see what he said. And if he was enthusiastic yeah. about it, then that would be enough for me to find the money to pay for him to come along because he wants to do it. He just physically cannot afford to do it. I wouldn't want to put him down for not being smart with money because not everyone's smart with money. Uh, and I would see I would see how he responded to that. My inclination is that if she tried that, he would find another reason to not do it. There would be some sort of yeah. like male pride or some ego or something in the way that would still stop right. him from or wanting just, to yeah, do it. Stubbornness, yeah. How do you feel about that, Andy? You're I, the one I, that was like, I 100% agree with that. And <laughs> really, I my, just my my gut feeling is that he again doesn't want to go on this trip. And but I totally agree that she should. That there, there is certainly an opportunity to, for her to be like, okay, we can postpone this and like we can work together to get our, you know, like obviously us saving in isolation didn't work. Let's join our, uh, let's join our finances and have like regular meetings on it so we can get you on in a little bit better position. And I'll, I'll pay for some of it, you pay for some of it, and we'll work together to get in a better position so we can go on this trip if that's truly what you want. And I just don't think he wants that. If this scenario happened to me and I was in the position to pay, I would probably I would probably have a really hard conversation in conjunction with the I really want this to be something we do together. So I would have to say, "Hey, it's actually really hurtful that you hid the fact that you could not participate in our honeymoon together. Totally. <laughs> I feel really violated in the sense that like, I want a partner who we have that kind of transparency. I want to be told the truth about things, even hard things. Like, and then, and then it's to that point. It's then, how do you feel about that? And is it, and do you, I mean, if they show zero remorse or they get defensive or they make this into a, some sort of other test of the relationship, I think that's when you have to start saying like, we can't communicate on like respectful way. We're, we're like not respectfully communicating because my feelings should not be like threatening in this moment. They should be heard. And obviously we can both feel uncomfortable about where we're at, but we can't like, like it's okay for me to feel bad about this moment. I also would also want to say, hey, it's it should be okay if I go on trips with my friends. Like it should be okay that I spend time with people other than you. And like, 
there seems to be some hang up there. Is that because of just the fact that it's our honeymoon or is there a broader thing? Because if I want to go with my friend to Cancun for a week, it shouldn't threaten, it shouldn't threaten this relationship. You should totally stress test the relationship as quickly and as soon as you can. Yeah. yeah. I, I moved in with my wife. Uh, must have been a couple of weeks after we met. Like I, we did. No, yeah, we just, just went for it. We just went for it. She, we met online. We went on a couple of dates. She had to come back to the US. We were in London at the time. She had to come back to the US for for visa reasons. Uh, so she was in the US for a couple of months. She came back to the UK, and we moved in together. And we got a rental property, and it was the best decision ever because it's stress testing it. You you learn everything about everyone about your partner immediately. Everything that they don't like, everything that oh, they yes, do like, you, do. you get that immediately. And so, and it was hard, right? It was hard. It wasn't as hard as you would think, which is which is a very nice compliment wow, to my that's wife. Amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. That's amazing. It's a great compliment to you both because yeah. it is not always that easy. It wasn't that easy for us, and we dated no. for a year before we moved in together. So yeah. I do. So what do you think? Is it personality? Is it your guys's personality or your chemistry with each other or? One one of the things I get complimented on a lot is how I'm a very calming person, and I believe my calming nature. I could see that was was incredibly helpful. You know, for her being in a stressful situation, she's in a foreign country, as I kind of feel now. It's like she's in an alien world, um, so there's a lot of stress around that. And to be able to conversation is everything. You, you've got to be able to communicate. It's 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 rule number one, right? Don't judge, just communicate create a space for that person to to step into you know going back to our example we're talking about now they have to get clear on this before they go on the trip because she is constantly going to be thinking about him all the way through the trip he is going to be thinking about her this whole time and it's going to fester and all these thoughts and feelings are going to manifest and when they come back together again after this trip and she's got a lovely tan going on and she's you know all <laughs> calm and relaxed and and all these experiences, and he's just been living in this apartment with Uber Eats this whole time. You know, there's going to yeah. be tension. There's going to be friction. They've got to just be completely clear on it where they can have a conversation and, and, and they can work out that it's not about money and that he just genuinely just doesn't want to do it. And that's okay. He doesn't have to do everything yeah. that, that she wants to do. But, you know, don't be a dick about it and say that at the beginning when, <laughs> as soon as you realize you don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, I've been a dick about this. Or or be vulnerable after you're caught too. Like, okay, I actually didn't want to do this yeah. the whole time. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. Didn't I tried to change my life and I just didn't want to do it. Like, this is her dream. Like, this is a big freaking deal. Like, it's not going on vacation to Cancun for a week. It's going to travel four for, months off that's of a your bucket life. list. That's like huge. life goal to do that kind of a trip. And so I don't know, you want your partner to realize their goals. Like that's something I think you want. And if you don't want that, like, let's talk about it. I, I totally agree with Steve. And I think Steve, you're very calming. I can see that. Thank you. Maybe it's those baby blues. <laughs> it's the accent and the baby blues. Yeah. <laughs> um, if Andy came to me, I will be I'll totally frank. If Andy came to me and said, I want to go away for four months, I would be like, that's going to be hard. Like it just, it, you know what I mean? She wouldn't say no right away. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't, but you, that's not something you would want to do, I don't think. No, no, no. I mean, if you said you were going without me. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if he said we're, we're going to India for four months, I'd be like, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, I was Period. like, you would stop me dead in my tracks and be like, no, thank you. <laughs> go by yourself. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> but I, but like, you know, Annie went on a trip to Japan a couple of years ago while we were dating and he went for what? How long did you go? Three weeks. Three weeks. And he invited me on the trip 
And he kind of like painted the picture. He was like, we're going to be camping. We're going to climb some waterfalls. Don't even know what that means. And I was like, <laughs> uh, like I, if I'm going to Japan, I'm bougie as hell. I'm going to freaking fine dine. I'm going to like see the sights. I, you know, I believe there's like some sort of cat island. I'm going to that, you know, I'm not doing like waterfall climbs. No, thank you. And so I, I kind of released him to do it his way and go on his own. I will admit, like there were definitely times when you were gone that I felt sad that I hadn't gone. I felt jealous. I felt, I mean, I just felt left out, like all of that stuff. I also, he, there were hard conversations before I left too, totally. about like, you're using a lot of PTO for this, which is means that like, we that can't go travel. We couldn't go travel together. I was taking it's care hard. of our cat who is elderly. And I was like, that's a lot of work. I can't believe you're leaving me to this. <laughs> like there were just like, there, there were little moments of friction that I totally understand would come up in a conversation like this. That's totally acceptable. Yeah. And I think totally. it's important as well to kind of look at the guy's perception back in the early day when perhaps she announced that she wanted to do this traveling he's probably trying to make her happy he's probably trying to think about this is important to her so therefore i should go along with it and i think what what i would say to him is that it's actually really important to learn how to be okay with being selfish or what you perceive to be as selfish because it's it's what we perceive to be as being selfish is actually just kind of being a bit more authentic right and so yeah i feel like i'm, I'm in a position with my wife where we're both quite direct with each other so if we go out and do something and either one of us stops having fun that needs to be announced immediately and we just stop doing it that's amazing not having fun anymore. let's just go we'll go do something i'm not having fun anymore that's it <laughs> you know to, to just i love to be direct but to be open and honest enough to say i don't want to go traveling for four months i don't have any interest in doing that you know, because yeah. and at the same time, yeah. she's probably thinking the same about him. He, sa he sounds like he's up for it. She's not being selfish by wanting to go travel because she's thinking, well, he's going to have fun. I want him to enjoy it. I want him to put into it. I want him to to really love yeah. this experience. Just be honest with each other. Speak. Yeah. 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 Uh, my to, to your point, Steve, my therapist would say, like, when you ignore your needs, you end up going about them like in a really backhanded passive aggressive way i.e instead of saying like hey this trip isn't for me let's go on a like let's go on a honeymoon we both want and then we can figure out how you're going to travel for four months he's like yeah yeah let's do that let's do that and then didn't do any of the work to make it happen passive aggressively basically meeting his needs which were not going on the trip Let's let's listen to this call in. Okay. My first question is, what does it mean to both agree to start saving aggressively? I'm using air quotes there because that in and of itself would create some serious mistrust in my own relationships. Agreement for me means investment, intention, communication, and all three seem to be missing in this relationship. Do these people live together? Did I miss that? Like, even if they're not, was anyone else a little surprised here by her surprise that he's like spending money on drinks, toys, and general conveniences like Postmates? Seriously, no one screwed themselves out of a long vacation because of food delivery. And is she eating without him frequently? Is he raging on his remote working lunch? I'm confused. And what are toys? New cars? Did a red flag never come up solely based on the fact that they'd made a commitment to save? 
separate finances are whatever you do, you booze. It works great for some. It doesn't work great for some. And again, if the two people in the relationship agree, you do you. But I don't think relationships can have longevity without complete and utter honesty and transparency. And in my opinion, he doesn't seem to have shown up with either here. And this gap in integrity leads me to believe that it infiltrates other areas of their relationship. Also, like they didn't talk about this again in the year and a half that they decided this was going to be their wedding honeymoon. I'm seriously concerned. All right. That was a friend of the pod, Stephanie. She came in with some pretty good points. I agree with her too. I, you know, and I thought about this when you first read the question. I was like, how did you not notice that he was, you would, I would just assume by osmosis, you would know that they're not, haven't changed their lifestyle at all. Yeah. I mean, and he heard like she, she's living like this crazy austere life and he's just like gorging on Uber Eats and like buying uh, drones every weekend. And like, there's no like, (laughs) there's no friction there. Are you really stress testing it if you're hiding your lives from each other while you're supposed to be stress testing it? It seems like there was a while that they could have been doing the work you talked about, Steve, and they just like didn't. They like phoned in that work, which is like confronting the reality of your shared experience. And I just feel like you like so she may she seems to have had some blinders on. I agree. I think if if she knows that he's not that good with money, then where's the where's the plan? You know, if if you're spearheading this yeah. four month yeah. trip, where's where's the plan? Like you can really communicate how important it is to you if every evening you mention this trip. What what, what are the goals for for saving? How much do we need? Does it change anything for you in the recommendation that she offered to pay? Like thinking about a year and a half of planning, and then being like, okay, I guess I'll pay. I just, it, it still makes, I think it's, I think it's such a generous sentiment. I just feel like it feels like a very Hail Mary pass when it's almost like, do we need to learn the lesson by having the consequence? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for me, part of me thinks I just pay for it because it's money. Money comes, money goes. To, to be honest with me, it wouldn't have even got to that point. That's what's interesting. It's like, I would yeah, not yeah. have been got to that point where this would have been an issue because it would have been picked up much earlier. If, if they're both earning 120k, the minute the minute he says yeah. I can't afford it because of Uber Eats, I would I'd be calling bullshit. Yeah. I also want to call a little bit of maybe bullshit on her. If I put on my investigator's hat, she's like hedged her bet and like planned another trip with her friend by the time she's supposed to have brought this up to him and been completely blindsided that he can't go on the trip. I just always go into these assuming nothing's malicious, but acknowledge that we're all, to your point, managing our selfish natures and our like loving natures. And they sometimes show up in really thwarted ways, right? Like your selfish nature is sometimes the better person to present. And you hide that in an attempt to be the best version of yourself for your partner. And it's like, don't worry. Like you're going to be messy. Be messy up front and just be honest. And I think when you can get in touch with that selfish selfish nature on both sides, it then opens up the ability to compromise. Yeah. You know, what, what doesn't make sense here is that, so, so let's say now that he comes clean, I actually don't want to travel for four months. Okay. How long do you want to travel for? Uh, do you know what? I'll come out for a month in, in the middle of your trip and I'll be with you for that month. That will be our honeymoon. Uh, maybe you have one friend come out for the first part. I'll come out for the honeymoon. And then another friend will come out for the next part of it. 
you know, I've I've compromised. Now we're now we're laughing, right? I get what I want, which is a much shorter trip, yeah. but I get a honeymoon, and you get what you want, which is four months going wherever it is that you want to go. You know, so you can salvage this with clear communication and honest, transparent, loving support in this moment. Yeah, don't let it get this far again. Do not wait till the 11th hour to have hard conversations about your finances and about the implications on your lives. Like that to me is your biggest lesson learned, even if you can Hail Mary this one and pay the way. Yeah. And that should be the, that should be the short term goal is open, vulnerable communication. And let's move forward with that as our baseline that we're both striving for. And then we'll work out the details of these like dreams and aspirations and shortcomings. This is all part of them learning about each other and how to like get along with yeah. each other. To, to put a, just a, a last positive spit on it, you should be able to see this as exciting because this is where you can really learn what works for them, what works for you. And then you can, it, stuff becomes so seamless later on because you can anticipate, you can predict. I know what's going to happen. So I know that finances isn't his strong point. So I'm just going to be super on top of it. I'm just going to be really ready for that. I'm going to save up for both of us so he can have fun, do whatever he wants. And I'm just going to make sure that I can make this experience happen for me. Don't, don't sweat it. Don't, don't, don't worry too much about it. There's people like, you know, really kind of negative about this is it. This is the end of it. It's like, if that's how you view it, it will be the end. Yeah. yeah. This will yeah. be the end, right? View this as your opportunity to grow, learn and advance this relationship. Well, Steve, that was a great, that was a great sentiment to end on. Yeah, this was really fun. Okay, Steve, what do you got to plug for us? Uh, Yes, so so I I am a host of the uh, Choose Love podcast where I narrate people's love stories, which may be why I've got such great opinions on other people's love lives. You can find uh, the new season is coming out soon. We haven't actually got a launch date yet, but if you go to Buzzsprout and search for the Choose Love podcast, you can listen to me and my accent narrating love stories. Love it. Love it. Awesome. And Andy, I think you have a little something to Yeah, I do actually. Um, Obviously, listen to this podcast, rate, subscribe, review, all of the fun things that you can do. A big life goal of mine was achieved recently. I I published a book uh, called The Lost Migration. Um, It is a novel, a fictitious novel, and huge life goal of mine. And so you can check it out on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, but the title of the book is called The Lost Migration. Check it out. I'm so sorry. Uh, Our elderly cat was crying. I don't know if you could hear that, Steve. Oh, I could. (laughs) She's so bad. She's either like she's up here and she's crying to get down, but she can't go down the stairs. So we have to either bring her down or if we bring her down, she'll just cry at the bottom of the stairs to come up. It's almost her food time. So it's always the end of the podcast when she's her meowing gets so unbearable that we, yeah. One last thing before we jump, we love our listeners. They're amazing. And we recently had a listener leave us a review, 27 dill pickles exclamation mark, wrote, love the podcast. First, I love the premise. Second, I love listening and I love the personal tidbits that Eleanor and Andy share throughout the episode. Third, not surprised at all to learn that Eleanor is great at gift wrapping. Always looking forward to the next episode. I am sheer perfection at gift wrapping, so... My services are not online and you cannot access them, but I'm great. All right, Steve, we're so thankful that you came on the pod and we'd love to have you back sometime. I'd love to come back as well. Thank you for having me. Fresh 
Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowest, a website exploring what makes podcasting similar to and deeply different from what came before. You can find more about the show at narrowest.news and at Narrowest on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is Seven Da Mania by Badaro Jambras. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.